Hey, everybody, and welcome to Raised on the Diz. This is episode number 23. I'm your host, Nick. And this is Ole Ann. Hi, everyone. Raised on the Diz is all about helping families plan their best Disney World vacations. And so with that in mind, we we've came across an article on Insider.com written by Carrie Becker that details the 10 mistakes that Disney World vacationers are making. Yeah, we found this article actually a few weeks ago. And as soon as I read it, like there were so many of these like things that she highlighted that I thought were really spot on. And so we thought that it would be a good thing to to discuss on the, the podcast. So we're going to get right into it. Um, and first of all, hope everybody's having a great beginning to the holiday season. We're recording this right before Thanksgiving. So if you're listening before the Thanksgiving holiday, hope you have a great Thanksgiving with your family this year. And that is the subject of the first call out here in this article. It says school breaks are the worst times to take a Disney vacation. And I would say that I agree with that with some exceptions. What do you think, Solian? Right. I mean, you know, the the kind of the little caveat there is sometimes that's the only time that people have, you know, depending on like when you can get out of work or, you know, take vacation time or, you know, depending on if your kids are in school, you know, sometimes you really have to focus on either like summer vacations or, you know, unfortunately I'm able, you know, I, I teach. And so I, I do have time off in the summer, but not everyone does. And so sometimes, you know, it's those holiday breaks that, you know, people really target because they're off. Kids are off. It just is kind of a perfect fit. And but the reality is that the holiday breaks are busy right, right. now in Disney World. The, the parks are packed. They actually stopped selling annual pass. Mm hmm passes to people uh today they announced that today we're recording this on monday november 22nd so today they made that announcement and that is all due to capacity yeah we're still in the covid19 pandemic and disney is trying to control crowds so uh the the ceasing of annual pass sales to everybody but florida residents is part of that so Mm -hmm. disney is still going to control crowds but uh, it's super busy in Disney right now. I would say, too, uh, just a word of advice on on supposed school breaks. It's not that busy during the summer in Disney anymore, or at least it wasn't prior to the pandemic. Right. Um, now, we have gone a few times during the pandemic, and I think that advice still holds, that you shouldn't be afraid other than the heat and the rain. to take a Disney vacation <laughs> in the summer. The rain is another consideration. You're right, Zolian. Right. So I would say I would kind of switch this advice and say school breaks that involve holidays during the school right. year are bad times to take Disney trips. Right. Because we've even been, you know, down in Disney and which January is typically notoriously pretty, you know, not pretty as busy. Low, yeah. yeah, pretty low. But we have been there on a break that um, or we've been on vacation that has coincided with like Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And so that even just that one day, we noticed, you know, there is a, a big kind of uptick in the crowd level. Yeah, that's true. So mm-hmm. if you have a trip that includes a holiday, it can be something as even as simple as that one day out of your trip is going to be busier because you right. are getting a lot of the Florida crowd. Right. So that is something to be aware of. If you can travel on times that don't include school breaks, I would definitely recommend it. Right. How about this one, Zoli? you mm-hmm. don't have to spend all day every day at the parks. I agree with that. Now, that being said, though, we are big park 
people, you know, and I, I think honestly, this one depends. It depends on your party. It depends on your kids. If you're going with kids, um, it depends on what time of the year you go. So I personally think like in the summertime, I agree with this because there are so many great pools at a lot of at these Disney resorts that, you know, it's hot. A lot of times I know even our kids, you know, we might start the day at a park and then they get super hot and they want to go and take a break. And so I can see, you know, having pool days in a situation like that. Um, but like in January, I mentioned, you know, you're not swimming in January. So you don't have to go to the parks every day, but make sure that you have you know, something planned. I know we talked a lot about the resorts that there are a lot of things to do there. There are, of course, Disney Springs. But I know with our kids, I think they'd be bored, right? Like just having a whole day of like just hanging out. So it just depends on your kids and, and what time you go, I think. Yeah, a couple of the recommendations that they give here are lounging by the pool, which you mentioned. Right. Resort hopping. We have done that before, which is a lot of that fun. Is just a lot going of fun. and checking out different resorts that and what they fun. have to offer. Yeah. Shopping, of course, maybe going to Disney Springs, mm-hmm. uh, spending some time there and grabbing a bite to eat, or playing a round of mini golf. There's that Fantasia mini golf right. that is near Boardwalk that a lot of people like to do right. as well. Um, and then they mentioned midday breaks as well. I think that's something good uh, with people with small kids they like to take their kids back to the resort to nap a little bit but um you know we take midday breaks too especially when it's super hot outside right yeah and that's like where that pool comes in i mean i know you know like when we've been there in the summer you know having that pool time or even like a pool day that's like a much needed break but um but yeah i mean you definitely don't have to go to the park that's true yeah um this next one i think i'm probably going to disagree with it says um people complain about their disney trips being too short I disagree with that one Um, and little uh, story about that. We took an adults only trip to Disney in September Mm -hmm. over a long weekend from a Thursday evening to a Monday. Right. And I thought it was the perfect amount of time. Right. But we didn't have our kids with us, though. That's true. But I think (laughs) it would have been the right amount of time for the kids, too. Yeah. But I think it depends on how often do you go to Disney? Right. Yeah. I mean, Yeah, I thought it was great for us because, you know, we went to the parks that we wanted to. We rode. We saw what we wanted to, Um, you know, with the kids, though, I could see them being like, oh, man, we're leaving already, you know. But but no, I mean, I I did. The long weekend was great. I know that your sister has gone down with young kids for like a long weekend. Now, they're a lot smaller than ours or smaller than our older two. Um, And so that was kind of like the perfect length for them. So, again, it's all depends on you and your kids and, and your family and who you're traveling with. Yeah, I think that's true. I would say if you don't go to Disney World often, you want to take at least seven days. Uh, A lot of people say seven days is pretty much the minimum, five to seven days. If you go from a Monday to a Friday, maybe that's enough. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it all depends on how often you go. If you don't go a lot, I think you need to err toward the longer trip. If you go often, you can you can, you know, definitely go for the for the shorter time periods. This next tip is on planning. And it says over planning your trip can make you miss out on some special experiences. I'm going to let you take that one first. Um, I agree with this, actually. Like we and we tend to be planners like and especially now you have to know where you're going each day. You you have to they have that park reservation system. But, you know, I know that, you know, we have had trips in the past, even pre-COVID, where it's like we have almost kind of like an itinerary, you know, like things that we want to hit on. Um, but I agree. Sometimes that can be kind of stressful. So sometimes it's good to just kind of ease into it, see what you see, certainly get to, 
you know, the, the, the main sort of rides and attractions that, that a lot of people, you know, your kids or whatever want to, to take a look at, but it is nice to, to just kind of relax also. See, I really get excited for the planning aspects. Now, I don't know how that's going to kind of work with the Disney Genie Plus. That's right. that's an extra level of planning. And honestly, over the past, how long has it been in place? The last couple months, it's been since the 50th anniversary, so a month and a half. Mm-hmm. I really haven't spent a lot of time researching and and kind of going on the app and experiencing Disney Genie. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, you know, how it plays with that, but I always love to get on and reserve our fast passes. Right. I really am into finding dinner reservations. So I don't mind over planning it. I don't feel that I think it enhances the trip in my opinion rather than takes away from the excitement or fun of it. But I'm the planner. So nobody else in our party is actually participating right. in the planning usually. Yeah, I don't really do any of that. I just kind of go where, you know, you tell me to go. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, yeah, I agree. I think you need to have an idea, like I said, of what you want to do and what you want to accomplish for that day. But sometimes I feel like, and this kind of goes into the next one with dining. Sometimes I feel like, especially with dining, and I think dining is really important, but sometimes you can overdine, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's the next, <laughs> that's the next statement that we can either yeah. agree with or disagree with. Yeah. Sitting down for three full meals at the park is going to eat away at your time. 100% agree. Yeah, I agree. I mean, because there are times now, you know, if it was just Nick and I going, you know, I wouldn't necessarily have to even eat three meals a day. You can't eat three meals no. a day in the park. The meals no. are too big. It's, right. Frankly, for any budget is too expensive. Right. Um, even when they had the dining plan, it was the regular dining plan was a sit down and a quick service. Right. You know, there was a deluxe plan, I think was two sit down meals, but you're mm-hmm. not talking it in any circumstance of, of three sit down meals a day. I think that's that's sort of unheard of. Um, right. Even one sit down meal a day starts to get kind of pricey. So um, I think, you know. You take what's available and and do what kind of fits with your group. Right. And and I, you know, like I was saying, like if it was just you and me, like we would maybe just go and like eat something for breakfast and then eat like a late lunch or something and then we would be good for the day. But like with kids, you know, kids get hungry. And so, you know, that's where like the quick service options are really nice because to plan like a sit down all the time. I mean, you are, you're just going to eat into your time. I, you know, I would suggest if, you know, people have never... Or haven't gone to Disney very often, you know, maybe do like one sit down, maybe per part. Like if you're going back to Magic Kingdom a couple days, maybe just have one day where you go and have a sit down because the, the restaurants are really good. Like I love Skipper Canteen like so much. Liberty Tree is awesome. And I'm just talking Magic Kingdom right now. Um, so they are really great experiences that I wouldn't necessarily want to miss. And yet, you know, when you're like in the groove of riding rides and, you know, sometimes you don't want to stop if you have a reservation to actually go to your reservation. Yeah, <laughs> so it can true. be it can be kind of like a burden almost. And it gets to the point that your kids don't want to do it either because right. uh, they're not as into sit down dining as adults tend to be. So, right. you know, you, you got to roll with your kids when right. you're in Disney World, which goes right into this next one. Park hopping isn't great with young children. Not in our experience. It's been great. I think that park hopping, we've used it. We've gone to the parks ever since Carter was 11 months, uh, 11 months old. Right. Um, and before that, we went to the parks with young kids, with uh, Christian and, and Claire. So we've always um, really appreciated park hopping. I think park hopping, too, is um, 
you know, it, it's an opportunity to make your first park reservation. Mm-hmm. And then if that park is busy, then you can hop to a less busy park at 2 p.m. At least those are the rules right now with this park reservation system. So I, I really look at park hopping as kind of an escape hatch. Um, mm-hmm. If you make the wrong decision, you know, you have to lock yourself in with this park reservation system. And if you make the wrong call, at least you can park hop at 2 p.m. If you've either paid for that park hopper or you have an annual pass. Right. And I think, too, this helps with people who maybe do plan a shorter trip or don't want to go to the park every single day. It helps them to be able to hit on these different parks to at least be able to experience each of them with that hopper. Um, But, you know, I agree with you. Like, I've never had a bad experience hopping. You know, our kids have just kind of rolled with it. But, you know, I it again, it all depends on your kids, your family. If your kids typically nap or take a break in the afternoon, then, okay, this might not be something that you want to pay the extra money for. But, you know, in our experience, it's been a good thing. Yeah, I'll break down Disney World. Um, you got one full day park and you could spend a couple days here. Magic Kingdom's a full day park. The rest of them, depending on your taste, are half day parks. So Epcot could be. could be a half day park. Yeah. Hollywood Studios could be a half day park. Or if you're into the offerings there, that could be a full day park. Right. I don't think that Animal Kingdom right now is a full day park. I think it's a half day park, especially with... A lot of the shows and entertainment either being curtailed in some way or not running at all. So um, that's how things are right now at Disney World. So, you know, don't look at your trip and say, I'm going to get four days and get a hopper for every single day. You could get two or three days and get the hopper, which the hopper is more money. But you might even out in the end um, with limiting your days and just adding the hopper. Right. And again, it just it depends on your personal preference, because I know there are a lot of people that I've talked to and I've read about that say that Epcot is not a full day park. You know, if if that those people are, are maybe riders and they they go and that's what they really focus all their attention on is riding rides, then no, there are not like a ton of rides at Epcot at this point. I know there are some new ones coming, but at this point there aren't. But if the, you know, if on the flip side of that, if you are more of, you know, someone who likes the festivals or likes to walk around World Showcase and like, you know, try the the drinks and the food and all that kind of stuff, you know, you could definitely, I mean, in my opinion, it's a full day park. But again, it just depends on why you're there and what you want to do. Um, and so, yeah, you have to kind of take all of that into consideration whenever you're planning your days. Here's the next one. The later you get to the parks, the more crowded it's going to be. And I'm going to provide a little bit of context on that. And this this person that is writing the article, Carrie Becker, says that her number one park tip is to get there early. Getting into the parks at openings or even before gives you a huge jump on the day. Mm-hmm. By midday, crowds significantly increase. I think this one's common sense. Yes, definitely yeah. the crowds increase. And you probably have a golden period of two hours or mm-hmm. two and a half hours, maybe three hours after park open before it gets really busy. That's why one of the reasons why people take a midday break. So definitely I would agree with that advice, but I would offer my own spin on evenings are really good. People yeah. tend to leave early regardless of the time of year right. um, in the winter. Maybe it's getting a little bit chilly in the, the summer, you know, Pre-pandemic, the parks were open until midnight or later. So Mm -hmm. there are young families that are leaving the park with their kids in order to to get them to bed. So I would recommend getting there early. But if you don't get there early, make sure you stick around until park close. 
Yeah, I know when we went ourselves back in September, we we got to Hollywood Studios early. And I, I think we got there with the intent of trying to get on Rise of the Resistance, if, I re- if I'm remembering correctly. That's right, yeah. Um, so this was after the virtual queue was gone. And so we got there early with the hopes that we could get into line quickly and and be able to not have a super long wait. It ended up that the wait was super, it was super long. So we decided to skip Rise of the Resistance. And instead, we went over to Toy Story Land. We rode, well, first we rode Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Then we rode Slinky Dog, Toy Story Mania. You rode Tower of Terror. All within, what, an hour? Yeah, so that ended up being a really (laughs) good... um, a really good decision because yeah. a lot of people were heading to Star Wars and right. Rise of the Resistance, but maybe they hadn't been on that ride before. Right. We've ridden, ridden that ride a few times, um, so it's not it's not it's awesome, but it's not new to us. Uh, but there were other rides in the park that we really like, so we were yeah. able to get on all of those on our wish list right. in and, that time period. And that was all before like lunchtime. And I remember like looking at the wait times as the the day kind of went on, and like Slinky Dog was a huge wait by like the early afternoon. So yeah, I think that if there are those sort of those big ticket, now I know this might be a little bit different, you know, if people are willing to pay for Genie Plus and things like that. You know, that may factor in that, you know, they wouldn't have to wait for some of those more popular rides, but um, you can certainly get on them much easier if you're there early. And that's true. So also for park resort guests, guests that are staying at Disney hotels, the parks are opening a half hour earlier. And I think Um, that's what we did, right? right? That's what we did for Hollywood Studios. Right. And then pay attention to the park hours. If you're staying at a deluxe or DVC resort, you're actually going to have a couple opportunities during the week uh, to stay late at at select parks. So you're going to want to check into that. And that, I believe, has been the parks have been really empty for those. So if you are staying at a deluxe or a DVC resort, that has to be on the top of your list, taking advantage of those extra hours because you're going to be able to do so much. Uh, And then that's a long period of time to have lessened uh, park crowds too. Right. So definitely do that. The next one here, Disney Springs is not to be missed. Totally agree on on this, even though that's not uh, advice that we've always uh, followed. Right. A little bit of context around this one. Head over to grab a delicious lunch at Homecoming, which we've never tried, or Frontera Cochina. We haven't tried that one either. Pick up some souvenirs at the Massive World of Disney store. We do that pretty frequently check Mm -hmm. out the lego store or just grab some snacks while you enjoy the florida weather so um yeah we spent some time at disney springs the last time we were there the last couple times we were there but we don't always do disney springs um this is a good way to save some money on park tickets because there's no admission fee to get into disney springs Right. I like Disney Springs. And, you know, like you said, sometimes we don't always make it here. A lot of times we'll tell ourselves like, okay, we're going to go over in in like an evening. And sometimes our kids just want to stay at the parks and we don't make it over. But or or they're tired and they just want to go back to the resort. But I like Disney Springs for a couple of reasons. One, they do have really good restaurants, even though you and I, we haven't really taken advantage of like the sit down restaurants, but we have ate at some of like the more quick service places there, which are really cool. There are some really nice like kid-friendly places that I know a lot of people aren't excited about, but like Rainforest Cafe, kids love that. And like the T-Rex restaurant is really cool um, for kids. Um, but another thing that I really like about Disney Springs is, you know, the the shopping there and like the, 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 um, like the Disney stores and things. You know, who wants to go to the parks 
and carry around merchandise. You know, we've done that before, <laughs> but like who wants to go buy something and then have to carry it around like the rest of the day. So it's kind of nice. If you know that you have a, a Disney Springs day planned, you can just wait and, and go there and buy your souvenirs and then just take them back to your resort because they typically have everything or at least everything I've ever looked for at the parks. They typically have them at Disney Springs as well. It's a great last day stop if you forgot to get something at the park. Maybe you don't have an annual pass or a ticket day left and you can't go to the park. Usually they'll have what you're looking for. Right. Um, Disney Springs has changed over the past couple of years. If you haven't been there in a while, they now have some high end outlet shops that are part of uh, the marketplace section. And then they also have the traditional Disney Springs that's always kind of been there. Used to be downtown Disney and then what used to be Pleasure Island is part of that as well, which has a lot of restaurants and uh, things for adults to do in the evenings. Right. And there's a lot of entertainment. I mean, there's a stage there. I know when we were there the last time, like there were, you know, singers and bands playing and things like that. And so there are definitely a lot of things to to fill your day. There's a, a movie theater as well um, that we have not had a, a chance to take advantage of because, you know, we always have Carter. And so we've never done that. But you know, that's another cool option for someone who wants to do something a little different. Yeah, definitely. Don't miss Disney Springs, especially if you have limited park days and you're looking for something to fill your time on Disney property. This next one, there's been some changes on this one. Don't forget to ask whether your favorite attractions offer a rider swap. This used to be an awesome thing for our kids because yes. um, one of us would go on a ride with them and then the kids would get to ride it two times. So both of the older kids would get to ride it with you and then they would ride it with me. Now you're only able to do that with one other kid per right. adult. So they have made some changes on that. Rider Swap, though, still a great uh, opportunity. And they offer that on a lot of rides in the park. Uh, look for uh, the cast members that have iPads mm -hmm. out in front of the major attractions. Head up to them and ask them about Rider Swap, and they'll explain it to you. But, um, yeah, I think, I mean, 100% agree with this tip. This is a lifesaver if you've got a kid in the stroller who yeah. can't ride anything, basically. Yeah, and, you know, up until, you know, the this past summer, there were a lot of things that Carter, you know, couldn't ride. He finally hit 40 inches, and so, like, a new tier of rides have opened for him. But, you know, even now, there are still a lot of those larger rides that, without Rider Swap, there's no one to stay with him, you know, so we can't just leave our kid and all go on the ride. So it has been, it has been a lifesaver. Um, yeah, like you said, it's a little different now with the way that they kind of roll that out, but it's still really nice. Uh, it's a nice option for, for families where everyone can't ride the same thing. All right. We're to the last one. Staying off property might save you a few bucks, but it's not going to be as magical as staying at a Disney resort. hundred percent agree. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's very different. I, you know, we've done both and there are certainly good reasons to stay off site. And, and I think that you can still go to Florida and have a great trip off site. Um, you know, and there are some great places to, to, to stay, but when you stay on site, it's just a whole, it's a whole other, it, it just kind of ups everything, you know, and and it really makes it hard to go back to staying off, I think. Our last episode was about the resorts that we would recommend for Disney's 50th anniversary. And a lot of them either you could walk to or had convenient transportation to the parks. Right. So that's uh, one of the big things about staying on site. Um, you know, you have the transportation, you have the location. Mm -hmm. Magic bands used to be one. Now you, you don't get free magic bands with your stay. And, you know, we hear the folks that say that Disney's taking away some of the value. We certainly agree with that. 
We hope that a lot of those things are just pandemic related and we get back to a lot of the things that we know and love um, from Disney World in the future. But that is going to have to be something we wait and see. Right. Yeah. And another thing with like, you know, staying off site versus on, you know, and you and I have talked about this before when you're on property, like you are in like this little Disney bubble, you know, like it, it, you do feel like, you know, you have, you're kind of removed from, from the outside world and the resorts, you know, are, I mean, they're Disney, they're very well maintained, they're very well themed. And so even outside of the parks, it's like you can continue with this great kind of Disney vacation, even when you're not at one of you know, one of those parks, um, you know, that Disney just does a really great job at the resorts. So yeah, I definitely agree with this tip. And that's it. That's the 10 tips. We made quick work of them here in uh, just 20 minutes, but our next Disney trip is coming up in two months. So we have a lot of planning to do. And I think that will lead to a lot of good topics here on Raised on the Diz. Yeah, we are traveling with extended family, um, not for the first time um, ever, but we are traveling with extended family for the first time and staying on property together. So I think that that will have some fun content to bring after our trip wraps up. Yeah, that's great, Zolianne. So that will do it for this week of Raised on the Diz. Have a magical day. And have a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Tomorrow.